Hello my unapologetic beauties, welcome to another episode of Unapologetically Her, hosted by yours truly, Natalie Nadine. Unapologetically Her is a podcast created to not only tackle all things female and urban pop culture, but to empower, embrace, and educate the women of today's society. Alright you guys, welcome to another episode of Unapologetically Her, the podcast that's for her by her. And for today's episode, I am joined by the lovely designer, Miss <laughs> Melissa Williams, honey. Hey, girl, Hi, everyone. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> pretty good, girl. Pretty good. How is the lockdown treating you? <laughs> you know what? I, 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 don't, I don't hate it. I, I don't hate yeah. it. Mm. Yeah. Nope. I am low-key loving it, despite yeah. the consequences, the negative stuff happening. For yeah. Me, personally, I love being home. I get to be on this podcast, so yeah, that works. <laughs> yes, girl. We didn't, we didn't have time to do that before, so. No, it, right? Literally, yeah. COVID has opened up so many doors and windows. Yeah. Kind of get back to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Right? Sure. But we'll tell the people quickly how we know each other. We have a little bit of a yeah. history backstory. Yeah. Want to tell it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> So you modeled for me, um, I think it was a fashion show based on sustainability. It was this uh, school fashion show and yeah, you were one of my models. And then a few years later, (laughs) you were training me at work and I was like, oh, I know you. (laughs) You're like, this girl looks familiar, but you didn't model for you? (laughs) Yeah. And here we are, comes back full circle like five years later, I think. Yeah. Dang, time flies. Yeah. But yes, girl, how have you been handling, you know, the whole social distancing, COVID? Like, what have you been up to? Honestly, I've just been still designing. Like, I'm just trying to be productive as possible. I'm still mm-hmm. working on my collection for next year. And I've also been making some masks out of my scrap fabric on the side. So nice. it keeps okay. me busy. I'm just trying to stay as busy as possible, really. Exactly. You just kind yeah. of keep the mind moving, motivation. Yeah. Yes, I agree exactly. with you. And then, you know, before we get into today's topic, let, you know, your social medias, your website, how can people, like, when you a check, honey, how can they find you? Yeah, so I'm the designer of a bridal design house. It's called Lux Collection Bridal, and we focus on inclusiv- inclusivity and convertibility. Mm-hmm. So we offer a lot of our designs in many different skin tone shades, because we're finding that a lot of the designers in bridal stores you can't get a specific skin tone shade that matches with a wide range of skin tones. So I'm incorporating that into my collections. And we also have a big size range as well that I'm working on. Nice. So yeah, and a lot of our styles can be worn different ways. So you can remove certain parts to make it a different look throughout the wedding day. So Mm -hmm. that's what I'm working on. You can find me on Instagram at Lux Collection Bridal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's spelled L-U-X-E, Collection Bridal. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, my website is luxcollectionbridal.com. And you can also find me on Facebook with that same name as well. So make sure you guys hit her up, a Lux Collection Bridal. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'll leave all the links to her social medias, her website in the description box. If you are listening to this on a streaming platform, then head over to my Instagram, where you'll see her picture and all the information down below in the description and the IG story, tw- Twitter, you already know how this goes. Cool? Cool. 
<laughs> so my girl, we have a particular topic today. So do you want to yeah. kind of give us the inspiration behind it? Yeah, well, definitely. So um, I've always loved sewing, but it really started in high school when mm. I made somebody a pageant gown. <laughs> oh. So then, yeah. So then after that, I was like, high okay. school, my girl. Wow. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So then I decided to study at Ryerson. I took the fashion design program. I graduated in 2016. Um, I first started doing evening wear. Yes. But then I found that there really wasn't a demand in that market because there's so many different evening wear brands that you can get for a really low cost. Like you can buy an evening wear dress at like H&M. You know oh, what I mean? Like it's not, it's not a very niche market. Yeah. So as my experience went on, I, I had my first job at a bridal salon and I, I loved it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've been working at bridal salons like ever since and then I started to get into bridal alterations so I had a lot of the bridal wear experience yes and and my sewing experience so I I just thought hey why don't I put the two and two together mm -hmm. mesh my bridal knowledge that I have about working with the brides figuring out what they want and then combining my sewing experience with that and I was like why don't I just make bridal wear yeah. And then it was, that was it for me. I was like, yes, I'm doing bridal. <laughs> oh. And you know what? A wedding dress, it just has more meaning behind it anyway. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's but, more exciting for me to design anyway, rather than so you pretty like a, much a do all your designs from scratch, like out of your head or do yeah. you do designs? Well, I've made custom before, but mm -hmm. right now I'm really focusing on just making collections. Yes. That will be distributed to different bridal stores, different boutiques. Yeah, nice. that's what I want to do. Yeah, so I, I like to research the trends first and see yeah. what's really out there. And then I kind of mix my own design aesthetic with that and see, okay, well, how can I make this different? How can I make it my own? And then I start mm -hmm. sketching. Oh, yeah. I love that. Oh, go inside me up. <laughs> Anyone wants to put like a ring on it? I am coming to you for a <laughs> wedding dress. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, girl. I'll be stunning. Like, yes. <laughs> so as you guys can see yeah. in today's topic, we are talking about fashion, the fashion industry, the bridal industry, the lack yeah. of Black women in the fashion industry at the moment. Yeah. Challenges being faced, being your own boss in the industry. So I want to go off with what are some of the challenges that you face as a designer today in Toronto and the bridal industry? You talk oh my about how you- Where do I start? Bridal. <laughs> so, you know, we have to talk about the pros and the cons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say it's a very saturated industry yeah. in general. Like there's so many designers. So like as a designer, I had to say, okay, well, how am I going to make myself different? How am I going to be different than- like, what is there lacking in the industry and how can I add to the solution of that? Yes. So that's kind of what I'm focusing on right now um, because it's, it's so saturated and it's so competitive. Like, there's so many designers, right? So mm. that's what, that's the challenge that I'm facing right now. Another challenge would be, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, if you're, it doesn't matter what industry you are in, really. Like, if you're a startup brand, yeah. it's, it's a nightmare. Like, you have to figure out how you're going to market yourself. Like there's certain things that you have to adapt to, like mm -hmm. social media, like, you know, it's, how, how do I say it? You are pretty much on your own and you have to figure out how 
to do everything. Like you don't have people that work for you. You don't have employees. Like everything is you. You're the creator. You're the marketing agent. You're the salesperson. You're, 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 you're like everything. a jack of all trades. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, it's, it's really hard to like put yourself out there and mm-hmm. really get yourself known. And I think any small business owner feels that same pressure. Yeah. Right. So so did you find that there was an importance for you to be like, I have to study business or do you kind of just learn as you go? Cause you studied mostly fashion. Yeah. Well, they don't really teach you any of the business side. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I have to just like learn on my own pretty much. Oh yeah. That's kind of cool actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So along with that, how do you feel? Not only like, are you designed, but you're also a young designer. Now, I keep telling you, I keep having these business entrepreneur people on this podcast. Melissa's also young Black entrepreneur, designer in her 20s. So not only just the challenges, but how, what are some of the challenges you face as a young Black female in the industry? I feel like people don't take you seriously. Like even bridal stores, like I feel like if I approach them, now this is my own prejudgment, but I feel like from experience, like stores feel more comfortable with stores that are proven or sorry, designers that are proven, you know, over a multitude of years that, you know, they're making money, they're a huge company. Right. But I feel like stores are kind of hesitant to work with a smaller designer because they're not really sure. Like if your items are going to sell, if you're going to do well. Right. But I feel like everybody has to start somewhere. Like yeah. all the all the big companies, they started just like me. Like you can't just become big out of nowhere. Exactly. Right? So everybody has to start somewhere. And I think the stores really need to focus on giving those small local Canadian designers a chance. Because, yeah. you know, we have the skills, we have the knowledge, we're growing. And mm-hmm. you know what? We can really learn and we, we need that platform. Sometimes we just need that one person to give us a chance yes, to really absolutely. start our careers. Because, you know, dealing with only big companies, it really, it doesn't help the economy. Like there's, there's going to be always new fashion designers graduating out of fashion school and they can't find jobs. So, you know, give us a chance, you know, like I think I encourage stores to give uh, new Canadian designers a chance. Definitely. So I have a question now. When you talk about give a chance, like, do you go and market yourself to kind of like these boutiques or these stores? Like, how does that process work? That like, is what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. Like once the collection's finished mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to get my lookbook done after this whole pandemic is over. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Definitely going to be putting some lookbooks together and oh. approaching some stores. Yeah. I like that. I kind of just hit them head on. Like here I am here are my pieces like I'm legit yeah yeah Yeah, like you didn't just wake up one night and be like okay well here's a dress like you put thought and effort into it and you guys I've seen her dresses in person felt the quality (laughs) you know we've had our friends try them on like you see like this is Malico one two like so by number (laughs) type of dress like my girls doing these things by hand yeah she's like a one-man band doing everything i'm so proud of you thank you (laughs) i would not have the patience Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so earlier you mentioned um you know inclusion within the i would say fashion industry 
Yeah. Can you expand a little bit on that? Because you talk about like size range and stuff and like how important is this? Because clearly you're right. This is not something that we see often or when it comes to selective fashion pieces. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think in the overall fashion industry, you know, they are starting to include, you know, a bigger size range. Sometimes you'll see a few plus size models on the runway. Yeah. But I don't really see this much in bridal wear per se. Like I don't see that many different types of models on the runway Mm -hmm. or, or in print. I think print is huge. Like I, I was in a few magazines and I was scrolling through like the, the editorials and it's yes. kind of like the same aesthetic like the tall caucasian girl with blonde hair it's like over and over oh. like the same it's the same narrative we're seeing and i feel yeah. like designers really need to incorporate like you know use a different body type use somebody that looks different like mm-hmm. it's just you know brides are they come in all types of shapes and forms and body types right and skin tones so i just feel like in the bridal industry that's really lacking definitely you actually now that i think about it and like even like you said the magazines but even when you watch some bridal shows you kind of it's like even say yes to the just for example love the show but after a while it's like it's the same looking guest on the show every time yes yes that's funny I've never thought of that until you just said it now yeah because I yeah I used to watch that show all the time but I never really like never really clicked into my head like yeah that's a good point yeah you want to be able like when you look at something when you watch something you want to look you want to have someone who looks like you representing you exactly whether you're tall short big skinny black white asian hispanic like you want to see representation exactly you want to be like, well, she can wear it, I can wear it too, type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, fashion industry, y'all need to step your game up. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Now, my next question for you is now, not in any particular order, but what are the top five things people should know before going into the fashion industry, before starting your own fashion line, business? I would say, number one, it's very competitive. Um, and it's, it's a highly saturated market. It doesn't matter if you're going into men's wear, children's wear, women's wear, couture, whatever it is, it's high, it's high saturated. So you have to figure out what your specialty is and how you're going to make yourself different. Um, I guess that's two points. (laughs) Figure out out your niche market. That would be the second one. Mm -hmm. The third one would be. I guess really get to know your market. Like what are your customers looking for? Yeah. Um, another thing. Design that and I, one things, but if no one wants it, it's kind of a waste, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing would be to, I guess you have to be adaptive and diversify your skills. Like I'll use myself as an example. Like when I went to school, I was taught, okay, the basics of how to construct a a garment but like I wasn't taught how to market your brand I wasn't taught how to sell your line to different boutiques I wasn't taught any of those things so I think you really have to kind of learn new skills on top of what you already know yeah so as a business owner that's really difficult yeah Mm -hmm. and then I guess be authentic oh yes yeah and just be yourself like yeah like you, once you're authentic, you be yourself, you're going to attract the right customers. 
yeah, the exactly. right people will come to you. Yeah. I like that. And also, I think you have a good point. You have to keep learning. You have to keep teaching yourself. Yeah. A lot of sure. people think once they're, once they have what they have, that's it. No, it kind of just puts you in one It's learning spot. every day. Every, every day. single day is learning something new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, you guys, make sure you're making notes. And these are the <laughs> things that it's not even just for the fashion industry, but if you're someone who wants to go into business, if you're yeah. someone who wants to be an entrepreneur, maybe you didn't study business, but here is five tips from someone who's in the field right now doing her thing and doing it well, might I add but doing her thing. So definitely take these notes. <laughs> now we already said like, there's like, it's the fashion industry is definitely highly saturated. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like there's any particular area or just everything now? I think women's wear ready to wear and also evening wear is very mm-hmm. saturated. Yeah. yeah. That's true. You said like, even, oh, yeah, yeah. Like even when you go into the mall, like, you like even when I'm shopping with my boyfriend like he goes like how come there's so much more women's stores than men's stores Mm. and I'm like it's so true how come it's always like a greater number of options for women than men yeah oh yeah. even if you just go into the mall like you'll see like okay maybe like five women's stores and like maybe a men's store over there but it's not like (gasps) do you have you ever noticed that like it's more geared toward women Yes, it's true. Next time you go to the mall, like think about how many women's stores and men, like think of the ratio. You have a point. Yeah. Even like we're in the location where we work together and I kind of think back to it and it's like, you have maybe one level or one yes. section of the sh- store for men's. Yeah. I think by every level, there's something for women. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Oh, oh, men, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I guess they think you guys aren't really into fashion. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Good. So you know what? We need some men designers. Come through. Come through. Yeah, we do. <laughs> maybe so, I'll maybe I'll start thinking of suits in the future, but one step at a time. One step at a time. <laughs> manifestation. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> Go put yeah. that into the universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now my next question for you is going into the fashion industry, even thinking about this. Who was your biggest inspiration and influence? Like, who was there anyone that made you think, I want to do that? Or was it just a gift from God, a calling from the universe? I think it was my calling. But if I had to pick an inspiration, mm-hmm. I'll pick one of my favorite bridal designers ever. She's also on Say Yes to the Dress. It's okay. Haley Page. Yes. I'm obsessed. I wish I could meet her one day. <laughs> Manifestation. Yeah, like I admire the fact that she makes her collections based on her aesthetic. And like, Mm. regardless of what the trends are, she still stays true to her aesthetic. So I think that's what I want to do as well. So that's really inspirational for me to see. Yeah. Oh, I need to search her. That sounds nice. Yeah. I like that. Still on trend, Mm. but you still want to have your own personal touch exactly yeah and i think at the end of the day that's a problem a lot of people have where you fall not personally but a lot of people sometimes end up falling into a category where they want to be for everybody yeah it doesn't work like that it doesn't work (laughs) like that you you want to be inclusive for everybody but you necessarily cannot be for everyone because if you are then you lose your authenticity you lose yourself you lose your original message in a sense Exactly. Yeah. 
I hope that you love what you're hearing so far. Stay connected by not only listening to the podcast, but you can watch the recordings on the YouTube channel, Unapologetically Her Podcast, and follow the podcast on Instagram, at Unapologetically Her, and at Unapologetic underscore UH on Twitter. If you want to connect with me personally, your host Natalie Nadine, follow me at Natalie Nadine on all three social media platforms. Yeah. And then you said like back in high school, you made, what was it, a ball gown? It was a pageant gown. Pageant gown. Yeah. So is that like your first thing that kind of inspired you to go into fashion? Yeah, that was the very first dress I ever made. Mm-hmm. The very first one, yeah. Oh, yes. I remember like little kids, like they used to like dress up in like their towels or blankets to be like, here's a dress. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I love that. This was like real fabric, real beadwork, like the real deal. (gasps) I had some guidance from my high school sewing teacher. Mm -hmm. She's been really helpful. So yeah. She taught me how to thread a sewing machine. The first thing I ever made was a pair of pajamas and I thought I'm never going to be a designer. And then I'm like, oh, (laughs) years later, (laughs) I've upgraded from pajamas, you know. What? (laughs) Like, If you guys are watching this on YouTube right now, and if you're not, you should, because right now Melissa is actually sitting, and I'm guessing this is one of your dresses behind you. Yes, it is. Yes, tell us about it. Tell yeah. us about it. Go ahead, give us a little detail. Well, okay, I'll zoom in, I guess, just so you can see the the beadwork on mm-hmm. it right here. This is my geometric ball gown. I've actually lined. I don't know if you can see it. I have some yes. lining in here just to kind of cover up the cutouts that I do because I do really dramatic cutouts mm-hmm. on my dresses but I've also beaded it with some 3D lace as well that's gorgeous so it's it's one of my couture pieces yeah it has a lot of handwork on it for sure you can tell whether you're zoomed in or zoomed out I'm just kind of like looking at like kind of like the bust chest area yeah I'm yeah loving that <laughs> Thank you. Now, when you say dramatic cutouts, kind of describe that a bit. Like, what do you mean? So it's like areas of the dress that are not lined. So you can see Mm -hmm. your skin. And it has like a piece of mesh. (gasps) So that's what I kind of mean when I'm here. I'll Mm -hmm. I'll put my hand just so you can see what I mean. Like, yeah. (gasps) So this is actually a cutout. Oh, that's such a me dress right there. I love that. Yeah. But see, if I go back to that point of Mm -hmm. the inclusivity with the skin tone, what I mean is I'm going to be making this mesh in various skin tones so that it matches every single type of skin tone. That makes sense now, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Because in the bridal stores, they would only have like ivory and like cream color but I'm thinking okay but what about black women they get married too right I think I would hope <laughs> we don't have the regular but I would hope <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah I'm definitely going to be making them in a wide variety of colors yeah um, I've even tested it out on my own like skin and I'm like yeah like it actually blends with my skin tone really well so I'm really excited I'm really 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 excited oh my god like I'm having kind yeah. of a, like a revelation moment because you're so right. There's so many times where, and you see it, like, now that you want to, like, incorporate that we're bridal, you also see, like, the lingerie line, where now yeah. all of a sudden, now we have lingerie that matches our skin tone. Now yeah. we have foundation, although it took some time. Thank you, Riri. 
We have foundation that match our skin tone. Yeah. But simple things like this as well, people don't really take into consideration. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Like, obviously, we don't really want to be too exposed and have, like, a wardrobe malfunction thing going on. So thank God for the mesh. But then sometimes it kind of just looks kind of off or not all put together. And if designers don't offer it in the bridal stores, people are going to be limited to whatever's in the bridal store. Like, they're going to be like, okay, these are the colors that are offered, which is ivory and nude. But what is nude, really? Like, my nude is not <laughs> your nude. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Everybody's version of nude is, like, a way different color. Yeah. So that's why we're offering those different fabrics. Yeah. <gasps> okay, so I'm, I'm just repeat real quick. If you guys need a wedding dress... Head up Melissa Williams, Lux Collection Bridal, because clearly my girl has thought of it all. She wants to yeah. make sure you are slaying, you're getting your money's worth. And also yep. what I like, because you said you're limited now to only certain dresses in the stores, in the boutiques. And sometimes because of stuff like this, you won't even get the dress that you truly want. And it, it just won't look the same like it won't look the same on like a lighter person's skin tone Mm -hmm. if you're ordering that same nude color that they ordered because their skin tone is way lighter so it's not Ah. gonna look like nude it's gonna look like ashy ivory like (laughs) you know what i mean like it's it's not gonna look the same yeah it won't look the same at all so and that's my things like if it doesn't look the same if you don't feel confident then you're gonna go to that next dress like you know your second third pick but I feel like that kind of takes away from this special day, from your special dress. Yeah. Like, yeah. be like, okay, now I'm just going to get married and whatever. Honey, no. Like, if you, like, I plan to do this once, twice, three times, whatever the case may be. However, that's <laughs> my special day. Like, when yeah. I walk in my dress, I need to be bing, bang, pow. Yes. It has to look the same regardless of the skin shade that you are. Yeah. It has to look the same on a white person versus a black person. Like, it has to look the same. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Ooh. So that's what my brand is about. Yeah. We want to make beautiful dresses for everybody. <laughs> no, I love that. I yeah. appreciate that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's definitely something you don't really hear about often and explained in that way. Yeah. I hope these people, like, fashion industry, one, think twice. Two, hire her. now it's kind of like my final question for you but what is the biggest misconception I have a problem saying that word oh my god about (laughs) starting a fashion line getting into the fashion bridal industry like I would say that failure is bad because really Mm -hmm. failure is probably your key to success Because whatever doesn't work out for you, you will always find a way to navigate around it and find something else that works. Like if I hadn't failed in like my other endeavors, I would have never been where I am today, like starting my own business. Like I would have never even done that. So you have to fail in order to succeed really. So failure is success. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I one thing too, everyone expects everything to just happen right away. Yeah. Like, don't think of the failure as like, oh my gosh, I lost this and that. Like, use it as a lesson. Exactly. A guide tool. <gasps> oh, God. Okay. I'm sure you guys have probably tuned in 
to the episode <laughs> with Rochelle Rain. And I think this was actually her same point too. Don't be a fa- yeah. a- afraid of failure. Yeah. I feel like there's no such thing anymore. Yeah. It's just trial and error, pretty much. Like, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Like, you'll never be... You, I don't say never, but you might not be one of those people who get it on the first try, and that's okay. Yeah. Like, be grateful for the lessons. Be grateful for the trials. I actually like when people sure. have the trial and errors kind of story. Just, it's more, yeah. it's more relatable. It is. Right? It yeah. shows that at the end of the day, you might, in a sense, cross these bridges and that's okay because that will make you stronger. That makes you who you are today. Yeah, that exactly. That you have determination. Yeah. Oh, yes, girl. Oh. <laughs> I go, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for having me on your podcast. Yes. <laughs> so, you guys, this concludes today's episode of Unapologetically Her. Thank you so much to Melissa Williams and Lux Bridal Collection. Thank you for Lux joining Collection Bridal. Oh, Lux Collection Bridal. <laughs> Let me repeat that. <laughs> Melissa Williams and Lux Collection Bridal. Get yeah. it right. <laughs> yeah. Any final remarks you would like to add? Um, am I officially initiated? What's the word again? Am I in the unapologetically her group now? <laughs> yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> unapologetically Yay. her all the way <laughs> what? forever and always club. <laughs> <laughs> yes and thank you all so much for listening if you want to hear from melissa again or if you have any comments question or podcast topics hit us up on social media you can check me out at unapologetically her on instagram at unapologetic on twitter And Melissa, if you want to give them your social media handles again, your website, everything. Yeah, my website is www.luxcollectionbridal.com. My Instagram handle is luxcollectionbridal. Facebook, same thing again. And yeah, that's all I have. (laughs) Perfect. So remember, Lux Collection Bridal. Okay, okay. Also, don't forget you can listen to the podcast on various platforms, including, and it's a long list, y'all, Anchor, <laughs> Apple Podcast, Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Podbean, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, SoundCloud, Spotify, and last but not least, you can watch the episodes on YouTube. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. Hopefully you'll tune in for a new episode. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for not only joining the podcast, but letting people in on this part of life that we don't really get to hear about, this industry. Yeah, for sure. That you don't really get to see or hear about a lot. Yeah. Right? I feel like we always hear about the successors, if that's even a word. We hear about the success, but we don't hear about the ground up. Yeah, exactly. We don't get to hear about the other end of the spectrum. We don't get to hear from, in a sense, another person that represents a different population, a different group of people. Yeah. Yes. So thank you so much for joining. Much love, y'all. Peace. And we'll catch you guys (laughs) in another episode. Bye. Bye.